Ladies and gents, welcome to the Shroom Life Podcast. I'm going to be talking to Josh Anand. We're going to be talking about hard bodies and soft plastics, chasing mulloway, chasing jewfish. You know how we love it here, talking about that species. He's also going to talk a little bit about chasing those particular fish on baits as well. We're not really limited to what goes on in this podcast. As you guys know, I'm your host, Shroom. Most of you guys already watch me on YouTube, so I'm just going to get straight into it. So, Josh... Josh Anand, that's his name, and he basically is going to be talking about those things in the areas along the mid-north coast. So let's say between Port Macquarie and Tweed Heads, and he's extremely experienced and he's a dedicated land-based angler. So he specializes chasing these fish around, you know, the structures of the headlands, break walls and such, and, you know, important keyholes in between. So... Guys, welcome to the podcast. He's going to be sharing his extensive knowledge once again. Hi, Josh, good to, be, good to be back. How are you going, mate? Yeah, I, I'm really excited about this one, Josh. Uh, sorry for talking on top of you, but that first time that we spoke, I had a fantastic time. I just had to have you back to, to share more of your knowledge. I don't think we tapped into your vast knowledge bank in that podcast. So that's why we're back here. And as you guys know, I love talking jewfish. I love talking any fish, brim fishing, king fishing, bait fishing, you know, the list goes on. And that's why we're here, raw fishing nuts. And Josh, you know, firstly, let's just talk a bit about yourself for those that don't know who you are and help them understand what you're about. So what's your fishing background? How'd you start getting into um, the sport of fishing? Of, I grew up um, always around fishing and stuff like that. And always live on the coast and surfing and um, just go on fishing with my old man and a couple of my uncles, they'd take me fishing under bridges and chasing brim and all that sort of stuff. And then just sort of throughout the years, just always get a bag of prawns and moved on getting fresh prawns and started catching more and more fish. And and then um, my cousin, Blackie, he, um, he'd been into it. He's actually from um, Sydney. And he recently moved up this way. So he's like yep. chasing bass and all that sort of stuff. And then he got into the game up here. Um, and he actually brought the Jewfish to my attention. Um, yeah, and he's saying, come out the boat, let's go get one. So we did that with very yep. misguided attempts at trying to catch Jew and to little to no success. Um, and yeah, just started from there, just kept charging and asking guys on the rocks and talking to anyone and just found my own way. And so here we are now. Yeah, I, that's, yeah, I, I'd say there, that's a pretty, a pretty classic story. You kind of just become enamored with them once you realize that, A, they exist. Yeah. That's, that was my story. I didn't I know they existed, more. first of all. I couldn't agree more. Second like, of all. Even yeah. just knowing they're there, it's like, wow, I'm like chasing brim of that, but. Jewfish are there too, like, and you don't even think about it. So knowing they're there and exist, that, that's a very good point. Like for me, my, for, for myself, I remember asking my mate when he mentioned the word Jewfish, I said, well, you know, what's that? That's not something I've ever heard before. And I was chasing brim at night as well. And so we were just sitting there on the rock at night. It wasn't lit. It was on the river. And he just mentioned, hey, I heard this is a Jewfish spot. Jewfish that have been caught here yeah. before. Hey, what's that? You know, like, what's that? Oh, it's big. It's like a big fish. Really? You can catch big fish here? And that was pretty yeah. much uh, my story. 
um, yeah, interesting how you used to fish with all your uncles and, and all that. It's always family members most often that introduce you to fishing and then the addiction starts. Uh, but a quick question. So how, how do you find fresh prawns? Do you like using yeah, fresh I prawns? Think so. Well, when I did, like at the moment, I don't really use fresh prawns, but um, there's lots of co-ops along the coast. So rather than getting your specials from the servo, I'd go into the co-op and sometimes I'd have frozen ones, sometimes I'd have fresh. And yeah, I think it's a massive difference. Fresh bait is, doesn't matter what it is, if it's fresh, it's already ticking boxes, like just for that little bit of extra, because everything in fishing is the 1%. So <clears throat> if that's, yep, yeah, I like it. <laughs> All right. So... That's great, Josh. Uh, moving on. So as we're going to be talking about Jewfish, so now we know how you started, how you started to look into it and develop more of that skill. Would you say you're starting to specialize in this now? It's starting to become an obsession. I mean, it's the title of the podcast, so I would say most definitely <laughs> yes. But, you know, we've got plenty of, you know, what do you call feathers oh, in our bow? So that might <clears throat> be just one notch on the oh, belt, so to speak. Specialty? I don't I think, man... It'd be a tough gig to call specialty, but obsessed, yes, definitely obsessed with these fish. Um, but from where I've started, um, I think I spoke about in the last podcast. I'd be lucky to get a hit or a fish every ten cut every ten trips, and now I'm probably yep. either getting a fish, dropping a fish, or at least getting hits, probably two to three, five at the worst. Um, I think that's more yep. just knowing from going and what times to go. Um, <clears throat> like yep. might touch on it later on spots, but <clears throat> like if I, if there's a new spot, um, if people say, oh, what do you reckon about this spot? I'll say, if you've got a whole day and if you can get two tide changes in, whether it's in the morning, like early high tide, you can fish it the run out and then fish at the back running up yep. to high. At some point in the day, if that spot is going to hold fish, any time in that tide, the fish will come in. Like you could be casting all day and then get yep. 20 minutes of hot bite. But it's like, all right, mid to drop and tide. They came in, it was hot for half an hour. So then the next time you go, you'll go, all right, high tide. I've got about two hours. I'll, I'll sleep in and go and then fish it to the dropping tide and then it might, it might turn down. And then, yeah. So I think it's, that's why yeah. I think I'm getting a lot more productivity in fishing. So I'm not just going out willy nilly. Um, I mean, yep. I want yeah. to expand on that point. I used to put in this, that same sort of dedication and time into a day. So, I'll pick a day where I could hit both tides. You get the high and the low, for example, or then yeah. the, or the low and then the high. And as long as you pace yourself, you keep your energy levels up and you can kind of like survive that period after the yeah. tide change in the morning and then get to the afternoon, you can, I wouldn't say guarantee a fish, but you surely should catch yeah, exactly. something or see something or get a hit. Um, it's It's a tough day though. Like sessions like that, I remember... I'd carry a couple of rods first. You carry your Jewfish rod, uh, which we're going to go into like gear, yeah. you know, pretty shortly. And then I carry a light setup yeah, just to totally. keep entertained. 
I could never sleep in the car, so I would always be flicking yeah. for brim in between. And then that afternoon period, as it's just starting to dip, oh, that's that's chance number two. And you you know that you could get something yeah. if you don't get something in the morning, particularly if the fish like, are in the been, There's been times, as you say, if you can stick it out, like in the afternoon, the sun's up, it's hot. I've been just sitting in a rock pool with my knees, with just my legs in the water, just sit there, <laughs> <laughs> just take an hour out, just chill, and then it's like, do we go home or get some kanji and try and catch a brim? Because <laughs> you're always taking other rods as right. well, so. Or you might see a turtle or something that makes it a bit good. But, but yeah, it's a long day. Yeah. It is a long day, and you just got to stick it out because when you're done and you think, nah, I'm over it. That's when you get a fish, and it's like, oh, stoked or stayed. Yeah. All right. So we'll move on to the next question. I was going to expand more, but it's just going to get more and more interesting as yeah. we get into this podcast. So let's go a little bit off tangent here. So is is there any place besides from where you're currently targeting this fish that you'd like to travel to to give it a go? I mean you can pretty much catch this all along the southern areas yeah. of australia so you could technically i mean i don't know about tasmania but like you know you could chase mulloway in wa yeah, adelaide sure. melbourne sydney a little bit further up at maybe the lower reaches of queensland but then it starts to become a different species with the you know the yeah. black mulloway black i'll probably um i would love to if sydney wasn't so busy i'd love to go down to the sydney areas and climb headlands down there chasing kingfish um off the rocks and like the south coast um i've been down the south coast before and that coastline is just insane like i haven't done much time down there but yeah um yeah i'd probably i'd love to hit that there's so many places man like south wa like down albany and all around those rocks down there and yeah, I'm just a, I'm just a frother. Like, I'm happy to fish wherever. <laughs> like, first yeah. fish, I'm there. But. Same. I've always thought about, uh, you know, if you could pick anywhere in Australia, you'd do it on a landmark. You'd do it on the oh, steps yeah. of the opera house. <laughs> you'd do it, you know, like, obviously, you can't, I, don't, I don't think you'd, like, literally fish on... You, ob obviously, you yeah. can't fish on the steps of it, but you're close enough on... What's that wharf oh. name? I know you guys that listen to the podcast know what I'm talking about, but there's a wharf I'd there. I get so much anxiety of everyone watching. <laughs> I get anxiety when I hook up yeah. on the break walls and people <laughs> walk past, and I've got 10 people watching me. And it's like... You won't just have locals, Josh. You'll have, yeah. you know, the well, tourists. Well, a lot of tourists up, up in that just flock. as well. Sometimes it puts more pressure oh, on right. you. Oh, right. Like you're fighting a fish, and then you yeah. turn around, you've got five to 10 people standing there watching. And then and then you drop it, and yep. then they all just put their head down and keep walking, <laughs> just to left you to pick yeah. up the pieces. It's like, <sighs> yeah. We all anglers, we all know that feeling where every second feels like ten seconds when there's the crowd yeah. watching. They know you're onto a fish, and they're all just huddled around, and they're all saying some stuff, pointing out, and telling the people, "Hey, he's on <laughs> yeah. a fish! He's on a fish!" Everyone's coming up. And then yeah, you yeah. drop it there. Oh, you know, that's, that's all. Don't worry. To go. Don't worry. You lost it. All good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the yeah. pain we all understand. Uh, that, that was a good one. Uh, any species that 
you'd like to tick off um, that you haven't caught Probably before? big mackerel. Probably a big mackerel or a big tuna yep. off the rocks. Like I've caught. Any specific oh, mackerel? Probably, probably a Spanish, yeah. Spanish. I'll oh, probably on a stick bait too. I was going to catch yep. on a stick bait. Um, like I've, and I've caught like little tuna yeah. and stuff just as bycatch. And man, even the small ones, man, they, yep. they make these real sing. Like, like a big one. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I'm keen. <laughs> yeah, just something big, man, that pulls my one. Bring it on. <laughs> yeah, I still got to tick yeah. off a proper tuna. As in a proper species of tuna, not just not a proper size. I'm not asking for much, yeah. you know. I'm not. If the the fishing gods are listening, I'd like to tick off any sort of tuna, even if it's a, yeah, even if it's a mac tuna, I guess. Long tail. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a long tail. Long. I need a long tail. I lost the good one. <laughs> I, I lost the good one up in Weeper. That still breaks yeah. my heart thinking about it. But that's what keeps Definitely. us uh, going back. Now, let's um, let's talk about some more interesting things and that's just like more of the the technical side now so actually we'll do one more question so is there any specific capture of a jewfish that stands out in your memory oh they all do um i spoke about one the other week when we spoke but i've got a good yep. story from the other night <laughs> i didn't all right um, let's 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 go into it so ha so less yeah, than a week ago this tuesday one. night um, I just sent my um, yep. 5,000 Stratic to, to Shimano to get serviced and I just got it back and I ordered yep. a new line, a new school of OSHA. Anyway, so I ordered that three or four yep. weeks ago thinking, yeah, get me, get me rule back, get a new line on it. But my line hadn't came yet. So I thought, oh, God, I've got to go fish it. Um, anyway, this fish has hit my plastic and it didn't feel like a big fish. Like. A lot of the time, like I've had them, they'll sort of just bump it, bump it, and then you strike, and then you, they take off. But this one was really delayed, and then it just started running. And I'm on the, I'm just holding them. We're just watching my line disappear. And I've got my friend there. He's laughing. He's like, you got to stop yep. it. He's going to spool you. You're going to get spooled. So I'm like, oh, and I was tight on my drag, and this thing's just singing. I've got my thumb on the spool trying to stop it. And... I've been caught yep. before when the big fish run, you feel like you got too much drag on them, so you give it a little couple of clicks loose up. But then when the fish stops, yes, you haven't got the pressure there to then keep the um, the hook firm in the mouth, and you end up they spit the lure. So this time the the fish stopped, yep. and I end up getting it right back to the rocks. Um, that big yep. swell, and we just got um, a heap of tags sent out, so we're gonna start. Um, tagging our fish so i didn't want to put a gaff in it yep. so i was trying to um i was trying to sweep it up over the rocks but so for about five or ten minutes i was trying to wait for that big set to wash him up and found the set and i've hooked in pulled it up over and it's just dove at the last second as the wave was bringing it over and it nicked the it nicked the rock and unfortunately i didn't see it but it was a good fish room. <laughs> good fish, like to nearly yeah. be explored and get it back. And... I can I can see the tear in your eyes talking yeah. about this story as the story was unfolding. Oh, that's so Yeah, I've got the guys on there going, You the just lost a fish of a lifetime and that's never gonna happen <sighs> again. And I'm going, shut up. It's gonna you know it happens heaps. We always lose it's big fish. It's gonna happen. I'll be there again. <laughs> yeah. 
But um, yeah, that was probably the most, that's the recent one that when you say the most memorable, that's the most fresh and the most upsetting, but yeah. that's all part of it. Yeah. And yeah. So the scab hasn't formed yet. So when the scab forms, you're going to rip it off, you know, from this uh, oh, mental yeah, I'll anguish. I'll, I'll be back. I'll be back. I'm not, I'm not deterred. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Back and, with the vengeance. Like, I think in the past where you yep. used to drop fish, you used to get angry. And I see a lot of guys screaming sometimes that they lose fish and they're angry. But the more you do it, it's just like, he won. He got me. And you sort of just put your head down, sit down that's for five right. minutes, rig up. And it's not, yeah, it's emotional, but it's not emotional. Like, you see some guys and it's like, you don't really need to carry on, <laughs> if you know what I mean. But, yeah. yeah, it's just all part of it, man. Now, you mentioned something about putting a thumb to the spool to increase the pressure. So what I normally do is, like, if I think I've got enough, what do you call strike drag yeah. on a spin reel? I don't even know if you can yeah. call it that, but strike drag. Then um, what I do is I, depending on what I'm targeting, so if I'm targeting small fish that don't go for that extra, you know, that extra special yeah. run with the X factor. So it's just got that extra special power and it could just bust you off with, pure brute yeah. speed and force then i won't then i can just set it on fighting drag a high level yeah, of drag sure. and i'll go with that but i find that sometimes if you set it on that drag and you've hooked an extra special fish that has yeah. that x factor in the run like a kingfish or a jewfish then i i set it back like a yeah. couple of notches on the drag knob and then i crank it up just a bit knowing in my head that it was yeah. that was my plan already it's just that initial burst that sudden increase of zero pressure and suddenly you got like a billion newton pounds force on the line and it yeah. just pops the leader and then i go with that or like what you said like i set it to a level where i can still yeah. palm the spool to add more pressure during the run and then i'll take it off as it slows down i always kind of let the yeah. reel do its work i don't like fiddling around with it too much and you know sometimes when you you play around oh. with it you don't even know if you're you've got a lot or not enough, and you, you're pulling the light as yeah, exactly. a fish is moving the light. I think light. if you start playing with your reels and stuff yeah. mid-fight, you just overthink everything, and you, like, experience, I've played with drags, and nine times out of ten, I'll, I'll lose a fish. So it's like, if you can get that drag yeah. on tight, where it's going to stay firm, it's still enough to run. Yeah. Um, as you say, like, the reel does all the work. Um, and cause I, I like to do it too. Like I've rarely thumbed the spool. Um, it was just, I had probably, yeah. oh, maybe 40, 50 meters left. We well, had an extra like, special fish there. You had to do yeah. something. You had to do something in that situation. It's uh, pal palming the spool and fiddling around with the drags and stuff. You're only doing that as, yeah. as a response to the input that the fish is doing. If the fish wasn't pulling the line at a million miles an hour, it wouldn't, click in your mind that yeah, hey exactly. maybe i need to do something I, I need to slow it down make it harder but they, they'll tire the, the fish will tire and you know like when you're first starting it's the fish grabs it it's screaming off you're going oh i'm gonna stop it but as a, as a reality like you've got 300 meters of line and if there's no structure there and jewfish aren't really gonna 
dive in head first to the reef and try and do you like like be firm yep. and just let it do its thing it'll tire um and and you just get more um more confident with your gear like what it can do what it can stop without um yep. playing drag mechanics mid-fight <laughs> like as i say before yep. i've loosened the drag a bit and then the fish has stopped and then I've gone to wind up and had no pressure there and I've dropped the fish. Like, yeah. I think mean, it's like when you're winding and the school's yeah. creaking with you. It's that, yeah. Feels like you're running. You're oh, yeah, 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 I know what you mean. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, um, yeah, anytime I get a good fish and I'm at the limit of my drag, I'm yeah. like, okay, no more. It's going to pop off if I put any more drag, uh, clicks a drag on that. And you're pumping and it's like yeah, click, yeah. click, click as you're spinning. You feel like an amateur, but that's yeah, literally exactly. the limit of your line. And fish are powerful, yeah. man. Fish are so powerful. Like you can have that thing full lock yep. and they're still going to scream it off like it's nothing. <laughs> like you wouldn't physically can't pull yep. the line off and they're just rat. Right. How important do you think turning the fish's head is? Like you can fight a fish and just kind of like yep. let it slow down. And then casually, you know, pump a wine and bring it in. And then there's those others that, like, sometimes what I do is I know I'm going to get done. So the second that it's reached a limit of speed where it's just slowed enough, I try to put as yeah. much pressure to turn that head so that it's got to turn back around yeah, to totally. go for that run. Like, do you do, um, you do anything? Yes like and that? no. I feel like a lot of the time I've done that with big fish, I've given it too much and I've pulled the hooks. Um, there's been instances yep. where I've been taken next to the rocks, like at my feet and it starts diving in and yep. then you put a bit of stick on them in close and try and keep their head up and stuff. But I find with the big ones, yep. when they run, it's once they slow up, like they might run for 30 seconds to a minute, but once they slow up, you can sort of turn their head where I imagine fighting kingfish and stuff, you want to be. Like, you want to be turning them quick. So I think for this type of fishing, I'm not yeah. too yep. stressed Absolutely. about that. Yeah, I would say, like, most of the time, a dead giveaway, besides from the head shakes, is when they stop, it's kind of like sometimes they, they're kind of not there for, like, yeah. the next 15, 20 seconds. Then they'll kick a few times, and that's when you know, all right, it's kicked. It might yeah. just go for another run right now. It'll go bang, bang. Yeah. You've got to be ready. Like, that's when you're like, yeah. So I, I try to be ready because that that initial burst of pressure is when you're yeah. just going to, like, pop it off. Like, that's for me. Like, up up in, you know, down in Sydney. Like, yeah. Relative to you, I'll be down in Sydney. You'll be up on the north coast. But, um, and yeah. even when... That's like, interesting. Um, like, when you get them back to the rocks, you think the fight's over. And then they might just decide they want to do another run down, but then your line's real close to the rocks and it can skim the rocks and break you off. Or you think you've got them close and then a wave will come and there's not much you can do. You just hope that it doesn't get washed under or um, yep, just break off from the rocks or something. All right, what we're going to do is we're going to quickly talk about the tackle and then the lures, and then we want to get back into this discussion uh, just so that people can understand what this is all about. So 
you know, we're doing this on, okay, we're doing everything really. Hard bodies, soft plastics, even yeah. baits, if you want to talk about that. So let's say that you're going to, let's say that we're going to have a combo for hard bodies. You can have two if you want, like a light and a heavy, and then a soft plastic yeah. combo, light and a heavy. If you want to talk about bait, you can talk about that. They can be the yeah. same. They can be different. So right. we'll, we'll well, I've that. got three. I've got three setups I take with me. Um, well, I've got three setups, and I normally just take two with me unless I've got ideas of baiting. Yep. Um, I run Shimano grapplers. Um, I've got the PA two and a half with a five thousand Stratic um, with thirty to forty pound braid. Sometimes I change it up. Um, yep. For no. Yeah, That's I really like Ocean the Ocean, stuff yeah. you're saying? Like super strong, super thin, yep. um, long cast. Seems to last a bit longer as well. Um, and then I've yep. got the Grappler PE4, which I really like that rod. That's really nice. Um, I pair that with an 8,000 Saragossa, um, and I put 50-pound Osha on that. And then I've got a PE6... Yep grappler as well and that's got the saragosa 14,000 on it and that's got yeah. i think it's p3 yeah. or 4 but i think it's about 70 pound um osha on that as well and then i just run um yep i just run 80 pound leader on all of them <clears throat> um around where i fish yep. i haven't really had an issue with the fish being leader shy or anything like that um takes a bit of abrasion because sometimes it can take a hit and obviously lose fish but it can handle a hit yeah absolutely it's uh when you're chasing quality fish like this even in even if you can picture every step of the way to success they're going to get yeah. you at some stage sometimes. and you definitely lose more fish shroom than what you hold <laughs> like especially around the rocks like yep if I'd held every single fish that I'd hooked, maybe talk about that specialization. <laughs> but man, <laughs> lose so many fish to the rocks and the waves and that. Like, and it's so such a good feeling when you can stand up there, hold your fish, um, get a photo, or just just hold it for a bit. Like, I've sort of gotten to a point now I don't really take photos anymore. Like, unless it's a big fish, I don't really worry yep. about getting photos. Um, and, like, don't have a big social media and posting and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's just, just to hold them, feel them, look at the colours. Like, I've got this wicked metallic purple on them on some of them. And it's just like, man, good fish, pretty fish. And you just dive it back in. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, got him. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell by just the gear you're using. Yeah. It's really heavy. Uh, the reels are robust. They're solid. They're large. They got strong drags, and they got heaps of capacity. And the braid and leader, you're you're not skimping out on anything. Yeah. Everything seems to be tough. Um, what do you reckon is the most important piece of your gear? The rod, the reel, or the line? If you had to skimp out on one, would you? I think. Oh, it's got to be a toss up because the rods are important. Just. So you can feel everything, but definitely the reel, definitely my reel. Like that five thousand, I just sent that to Shimano, and and in the um, yep. my local shop, he said, "Oh, it feels fine." 
And I said, nah, nah. I said, I always send it off. I said, I'm not, it's not what it can do. I'm not happy with it. And they ended up replacing four bearings in it. And like, and, well, and it got it back straight away. And it's probably got to get sent back because then they got spooled the other night. But um, <laughs> they probably burned out the bearings again. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely my reel. Like, if you got the reel, it's light, it's comfy. And it all goes hand in hand. All goes hand in hand. Yeah, so you're mostly looking for a smooth drag. That's the most important, or the feeling um, on rotation. Probably the feeling on rotation. Like the drag is important, but I feel like a drag is a drag. Like you got good drag and stuff like that, but I think the rotation to make that lure swim the way you want it to swim. Like you want that nice, where you might get it. Oh, it's hard to explain. Yeah. You might get it to nine o'clock, say, and then that's where you do your thing. And then when you get back down to six o'clock, you'll jig again, and then just sort of all works mechanically in that way. And yeah, so we're going to go into techniques shortly. So I'm I'm already kind of picturing that it's like maybe a slow, very finesse technique because that's what a slow wind will yeah. allow you to do better than a reel that's you know you're feeling the clunks and you know things are loose inside yeah. and it's just not. You know, it's 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 had a bit of wear. Uh, the drag, yeah, the I, I mean, the drag's obviously very important, like you said. But I guess these reels, their drags are just yeah, exactly. they're made for big fish anyway. So they're what do you do think the is the most uh, for your type of fishing? What do you think is the most important part of your setup? I think because in Sydney, getting that right action with a flicking action yeah. in slower moving water where it's less about winding and yeah, it's more okay. about the rod tip then yeah. it's the rod for me so because it's more a bottom contact sort of fishing okay. here in sydney uh we don't i mean we do have areas with wash but how often do you see people fishing off the coast and spinning up a jewfish every day of the yeah. week you don't you just don't see that what you'll see is you'll see people fishing bridges uh headlands yeah. off rocks fishing drop-offs and holes within reach of land and the water although i always complain that the current's falling quick it's not that quick because you're in shore really and so most of the time you have to let that lure hit the bottom and you have to kind of like feel out you know where the you know the bottom's starting to raise up a bit or whether you're yeah. you're over weed or mud and every little tap could be that that fish it's it can be quite finicky yeah. inside inshore <clears throat> So to me, I'd, I'd nudge towards yeah, okay. uh, the, the rod. And also, yeah, it's just, I, I do get fatigued casting lures for and flicking for jewfish. Yeah, totally. That's why that that, that uh, small setup, that PE, two, two and a half into 5,000, like you could cast that all day. But then you put the PE6, um, you run the PE6 setup, man, you got arm pump and you're like, holding the reel to assist with the action of your plastic just to get that hot because your arms are just cool. Actually, <laughs> I do that. When I when I get tired, I'm hopping it with the other the yeah. non-dominant hand holding the reel <laughs> it actually, as well. It actually works. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or what you do is, yeah, you, you, you rest the butt along your stomach and you grab the other hand yeah. that's not fatigued and you hop it that way and you put that on back yeah, on the exactly. hand and you wind There's back. There's always ways around fatigue. <laughs> yeah 
That's right, folks. That's not like the you know the the proper That's way to it. do it, but hey, it works. <laughs> it works when you're fatigued. Now for these three setups, so let's go through it. So the first, the light setup, you'd you'd use plastics and uh, yeah. bodies. The the first then... setup, I mainly use plastics on it, um, and I'll throw a hard yep. body up to fifty grams on that. Um, like those levies, the croakers are probably a bit heavy for this setup, but the levies are about fifty grams, yep. and that's actually it feels a little bit ugly like it's a little bit too heavy it probably is um and I've, but I've caught i've caught fish on that yeah. i don't generally so you you'll basically be lobbing it you, you're basically like adjusting for the fact that oh it can handle the cast um but i probably wouldn't go much heavier than that but in well yeah. i don't really put hard bodies on that unless it's like a surface lure or something like that it's mainly just plastics um yep so that one there is the Grappler to P2.5, 5,000 Stratic. And the second one, your medium setup Grappler P4, 6,000. Uh, uh, yeah, that's at 8,000. But that's, um, yeah, that was the 8,000? 8, yeah. Yep. Um, that P4, that's that's probably my favorite. Like, I love the little one for the finesse, but for the all-rounder, that P4, that's perfect. That can throw heavy hard bodies, heavy stick baits. Um, you can fill the finesse with plastics. Um it doesn't fatigue you as much as the PA6. Like it's sort of that nice weight balance where like if a, if a girl, like a little girl was using it, she'd probably be over it pretty quick. But like most people that are charging yeah. um, for Jewfish and that, that's pretty, like a pretty reasonable setup. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd be happy with that. And the Grappler P614K goes That one. I bought that for pelagic um, season up here, um, up on the coast. But as yeah. you're well aware of, we got completely flooded out and I think everything just went out to sea. So I've sort of missed the like the mackerel season and all the inshore sort of game stuff. Um, but that's what I originally got that set up for. Yeah. Um, but that's for hard bodies, soft plastics, and oh, baits. On mainly that. just it's heavy, heavy hard the... bodies. Maybe just mainly just hard bodies on that one, um, because I just feel I haven't yep. got the finesse um, with the plastics on it. I will use it if I get if I get smoked and I'm losing fish. I'll put a plastic on the big one, and like it does catch fish. But yep. again, it's just too much work on the arms. Um, so I'll just have that rigged up with a big hard body on it, and I might have ten casts with my plastic. Fair and enough. Then have five with that one and just sort of keep swapping and changing and yeah exactly with baits and that as well yeah same with the pa4 i'll put baits on that yep. one as well yep so let's just quickly talk about lures so maybe some hard bodies yeah. first up what sort of hard bodies um, are we i like the levy i like the levies and the crackers um just got a real vibrating yep. action so I think most people know what those lures are. Um, yeah, but we'll yeah. Do, we'll we'll talk about it. So these are large. Yeah, I, think, I, I think I said 180 mil, but I think I was wrong. I think about 150. Just say between 150 and 170 mil, 180 mil, and they're like a shallow yeah. diver. They're, they're mimicking mullet and other bait fish, slow moving bait fish, which on a slow retrieve they just have a really nice body body roll um on them um locally made as well a couple of aussie guys down here or up here 
Um, they might yeah. get him out of their shed and sort of get amongst those. But I think that's a definite lure to have. And, man, big Taylor, like anything will hit him. Big Flay would even take him as well. Slays him. Um, and that hit yeah. is just, it's not like a finicky hit. It's a hit. It's just, bam, just gone. Like, they hit hard, man. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's what we're talking about, Josh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure. that, that got me pumped there. <laughs> um, do you change the hooks at all, or you just use them with the? Do yeah, they, they come, come with they come with trebles on them. Um, I've never had any straightened. Um, I'm pretty confident in the yep. hooks that they supply because we're all geo fishermen up up around these parts, and they know what. We're... They're, des- well, they're, they're probably the, designed um, for it, like specifically. It the Dewey Jewels. That's what they are. The Dewey Jewel. <laughs> the croak of the dewy jewel yep. so that's what they're designed for and that's what they catch and so i'm pretty confident in that i don't change i don't change any of the yep. terminal on that yeah so what? this is the uh that's the levy lure i like to use um if you can right. sort of see that just to get so for those listening on the podcast that's like a white lure with a dark silver back with a black yeah. spot in the middle Got a nice couple of trebles. A shallow diving lure, classic mullet pattern yeah. with a yellow chin. And yeah, it just has it gets like an incredible roll. Like it's amazing how these lures swim. Um, and then that's the that's the croak color I like to use as well. Yeah, so it's a bit more of an interesting shape. This one's got a bit of a belly. Looks to be. It's got some striated pattern. It's mostly silver as well. So I'm starting to see a pattern here. Purple spot, black, dark silver yeah. back, I'd say. And this one's got that nice pink chin or red chin. I really yeah, I like losing red chin, actually. Just suggest like the gills are open on fish or... Yeah, it, it, it kind of looks like uh, the gills or maybe a bit yeah. of blood near the head. It kind of, I think it kind of also gives a fish something to target. You know, you've always always got eyes or the head or color that draws their attention towards yeah. a certain part of the lure. No, I think the, oh, I'd like to hit a head first. Oh, the um, what they say is the color um, catches the fisherman and the action catches the fish. <laughs> so you say you notice a pattern right. in the colors I like. Like some guys use bright pink, bright yep. green. I personally like the natural ones, but yeah, they they swim. They just swim insane. <laughs> it's a wonder yep. Would you put natural for Beg every situation? Would you put natural colors for, say, um, every yeah. situation? Whether it's rainy, it's cloudy, it's sunny, yeah, it's I, dark. I, do. I, I don't really see too much of a, um, a different because a lot of the time, you're fishing in either wash water with sand or dirty water and like they just yep. they got those lateral lines so they're picking up vibrations from so far away and when i fish them i like to give my rod a bit of a sweep and really get that lure pop, 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 really get that lure working under the water and um like you yep. can feel it jiggling and like it, yep. it sets out so there's probably guys that disagree, but I don't really feel that color is massive on it, maybe. Like, yeah, well, I, I kind of see in a way that is, um, you can yeah. argue both ways here. 
it is massive in the way that you're only choosing naturals, so you want something that's as close yeah. to the real McCoy as possible. You know, the real thing. So that means color is important. If it wasn't important, yeah. you just buy anything off the shelf, and whether it was green or pink, fluoro, green striped, it wouldn't matter because you don't think yeah. that would have an impact. But I think that natural, in a way, you're not convinced that you need to change it up according to the conditions because that is the most natural yeah. colors that you've chosen. Like it, I contradict myself because um, with plastics, my favorite color is pink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about plastics now. So for plastics, what, what are some of the uh, ones I really that you like, like to throw? seven inch jerk shad uh, with a one ounce to one and a half yep. ounce jig head. Um, if it's really big swell, I'll put a two ounce jig head on. And also, that's yep. a um, Berkeley jerk, jerk shad. And they also yep. get the Berkeley um, six inch, I think it's shimmer shad or paddle tail, shimmer paddle or something like that. But um, yeah, just a paddle tail. It's... Is that oh, a new one? I reckon they're not new, but I've only started noticing them on the shelves lately. Like, it's not the pre rigged ones, the pre rigged ones are the shimmer shad. Yep. Um, they're pretty good for jewfish. They get smashed as well. But um, they start yep. getting a bit expensive when you're losing them around the rocks. And I think just your normal jig head is just as effective in the in the right spot. Yeah. So I think the Shimmer, yeah, like you said, the, the Shimmer name might be relatively new, but I, no. I haven't well, heard yeah, they had the... So if they're old, I've not heard about them yeah, okay. up until They've got uh, three sizes in there. That's actually really good lure. Like, they swim really nice. And they they swim really good on the way down. Like, I've put them in the swimming pool yep. and, and say, that's actually a tip. If I can give a tip, put put your lures in the swimming pool. It will improve your fishing yep. tenfold. Like, you get, you get blokes that are ripping their rods up to get the lure moving. And if you did that in the swimming pool, you'll go, wow, that just jumped four meters. Like, yeah, exactly. That looked terrible. And just play around for 10 minutes. It's fun. Have a beer. Flick the lure in the pool. It's good. <laughs> um, yeah. I forgot what I was saying. Yeah, the shimmer, um, like the shimmer stuff and the pre-rig stuff from Berkeley. But um, yeah, I can't think what they're called. But yeah, they're just the paddle tails, six-inch paddle tails. They seem to be really effective yep. in the gulp. Do they have anything in the range that is in the gulp range with a yeah, that's tail? Yeah, that's um, what I'm talking about, the um, gulp. Yeah, because the shimmer, that's um, that that's just normal plastic, isn't it, that one? It might be a power bait well, sort of. I don't know, actually. Don't I mean, quote I don't me, but up, I think but... the shimmer... Oh, well, the, the soft vibes, they got the shimmer fork and the shimmer shad. Um, I thought it was to have like a... Um, Oh no! Sorry, I'm thinking of the ripple shad. I'm thinking of the ripple shad. Yeah, sorry, I, I've used the ripple of... shads. I've I've used them. They they yeah. are, they've been around for a long time. Oh, it doesn't matter. Like if if it's yeah, a ripple that's, shad, that's what we're talking about the ripple shad. shad. Uh, that sure I've used that. for many years. That one. Yeah, they're actually so good. Yeah. Yeah. They um. What was it? I think they they used to stock them everywhere in Sydney, and then they kind of got Is rid that of most the, the range. Pre-rigged ones with the treble on the bottom. Okay. Uh, no, no. The, these are the, the these ripple shads are 
it's like a streamlined yeah. fish yeah. with a head and eyes. It's like a red eye, white body, and just yeah. a classic paddle tail. And it's got like striations going down diagonally yeah. across where the gills are. And then, um, like they work pretty yeah, well yeah. when you slow roll them. Like they're more of a winding plastic, I'd say, like yeah. a swim bait plastic than like a yeah, jerk style, quick jerking. And that's how it's like you so that kind of lift, just to lift it up and then let it swim back down by yeah. itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can like imagine how they would be good in the wash. Uh, down, you know, down in Sydney, especially if you're fishing cross current a lot, you have to adjust your action a bit to get the best out of them. But yeah, they I don't think they've been too popular in the estuaries here, but I know I, I know exactly those lures that you're talking about. I did definitely use a yeah. lot of them back in the day. Yeah, I love them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, jig head size and weight important? You said yeah, one I, and a half, yeah, yeah, depending on the um so if I'm if I'm fishing the back of like the surf break and stuff like that, um yeah, like the backwash yep. nut, I'll use one ounce. If I'm fishing the river mouth, I'll use the depending on the current, what time of tide, I'll use a one to a two ounce. Um the two ounce is mainly if there's yep. a big bar breaking and there's swell coming in that's sort of just getting swept. So I just want to get it under those waves and um make sure I'm fishing in the in the water column that the fish could potentially be. But um yep. now oh, I was gonna say yep. like on headbands and stuff I um I just use the one to one and a half, depending on how structured the bottom is. And if it's a sandy bottom, I like the one and a half ounce. So you can sort of pass the out, cast out past yep. your keyhole and sort of try and line your cast up. So you, you're fishing back past the snag and that heavier jig head sort of allows yep. you to keep that, that line that you want to take rather than getting swept yep. out and getting snagged on the spot you want. Yep. That's good that you mentioned keyholes. Um, I was about to move on to basically areas and locations. Oh, sorry, areas, general areas and structure, that sort of thing. Like, so we're talking headlands, break walls, you know, yeah. along the coast. Is there anything that you'd like to add yeah, there? Yeah, um, with the, around headlands, there's always little cut-ins and stuff like that, which um, from a surfing background, I always call it a keyhole. And the waves come yep. in, and it sort of hits the rocks and then a big backwash will run back out. And a lot of the time I've found a lot of success in these areas where the bait gets caught in it along that backwash and stuff like that. And it almost looks yep. like a washing machine. Obviously don't fish it if it's wild yep. because you've got to have your weirds and you've got to be ready for, um, a lot of the time these spots can sneak up behind you. So you might get, there might be two swells yep. coming in, it gets a bit junky and it can come in from two directions. The next thing there's a wave up over behind you. So yep. you sort of got to pick your time. That's yep. why I like the, the run out tide because it's only going to get safer, if you will. Like with, with the with this tide coming yep. in, it's a bit, you're fishing the unknown because you don't know what the, what the waves are doing um, with the rising tide on, in those particular spots. But yeah, where there's like a lot of wash moving in and stuff, and it almost looks like you wouldn't fish it. Um, but they are the first spots that I'm going to put a lure on in there. Uh, so like, say, um, you know, I, I guess you don't want that front edge. And also, as it's, you know, as you said, as the current's coming in, you don't, that's not the worst part of the conditions that you're seeing. You could just get 
dangerous all yeah, of a sudden exactly. in the next half hour. And yeah, I think I definitely it's worth mentioning that because I know you've got a story about something going wrong yeah, just on the rocks at some out. stage, I think it was. Yeah. That, um, yeah, that was I was fishing on a local ledge up here and um, yeah, just a long period as well. It didn't look like it was, there was water, but it didn't look like it was dangerous. And I seen a heap of tuna working out the front. So I'm all excited, got the big rod yeah. out, stick baits and that. And I'm up the end and casting out and then see these big sets rolling in from out wide. And um, sort of like, oh, yeah, this is coming. But turn around and when you're in this position, you can't exactly run away from it. Like when you're there, you're there. Yeah. So you sort of just do what you can. So the first one came up over the ledge and went just under my waist maybe, maybe a little bit less. And I sort of just leant forward into it and sort of yep. braced. And then the second one, the second one came and I was like, oh, here we go. And then this thing, this second one, this thing just we jacked go. up. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, it's all over. Yeah. And um, just last minute, I've just ducked down, just grabbed onto a rock, anything I could grab. Lucky I had a good grip on it. Yeah, this yep. thing just come over like a rocket. Just, <laughs> and I don't know. I and then your your life flashed yeah, before super your eyes spooked. at that moment. Yeah, I did. I got super spooked and held on. I blew my rod out and hats all gone. Just like so wet. Just like, oh. And like, there's a couple of other guys there and they sort of didn't get hit as bad. But I just sat out for a bit. I just went up and just sort of sat on the rocks and just watched it. It's like, it's too much. No tuners worth fishing this. Like, Because once you get spooked, like, it's important yep. to get spooked so you know. But you can't concentrate on fishing. Like. It's sort of just you're yep. there because you want to fish, but you're scared. So it's sort of just not fun. Yeah. I know that feeling. Yes, I've done that off the rock before. <laughs> Takes it away a little bit. But I always wear, um, I've got rock boots. I always wear my rock shoes, life jacket. Um, like New South Wales, you have to wear them, um, excluding brake walls and stuff. But I'm just in a habit, like even the brake walls, I always wear a life jacket. Um, just a self-inflatable yeah. one, but just out of habit. Because you never know. Like, even though I've surfed all my life, got the background in the water. Like, yep. it's just one of those things. It's not if, it's just when. I think that's a good way to think about it. If you're on the coast, it's going to happen at some stage. You just don't want it to be that, that last thing oh, you ever see in your life. Um so conditions picking conditions yeah. is important um so let's uh, i want to talk about conditions now but like two types of conditions firstly what conditions would you avoid safety wise and then conditions in terms of fishing conditions that you'd um, like to see conditions i'd avoid for headlands yep. is, yeah probably safety um, yeah safety the rising practice. tide with big swell rising tide with big swell um and what what's considered a big swell for those that they haven't done it before? So, from a surface point of view, maybe like two meters, two meters swell. Like that's not really a surface yep. point of view, but just like ocean point of view, probably up to the one point eight two meters. Um, one point five yep. is it's not pushing it, but you just got to be a bit more aware that these bigger sets will come. Like they, they definitely will come and you just yep. got to be on your game a bit. Um, yeah. 
And disclaimer, before you go on, disclaimer, this is not like some sort of, okay, you tick a box here and go ahead and fish. No, this is just, yeah, this just general guidelines in case you have absolutely no idea what you're doing and you want to at least have some sort of idea on how to go about chasing yeah. jewfish off the coast on hard bodies and soft yeah. plastics in these areas. Um, yeah, so obviously pay attention to the conditions, do your research. Yeah, it's just exactly. a general guideline. And if, if you feel like if you're at a new spot and you're fishing in the afternoon, like I'm a full-time uh, chippy, so I go a lot of the time after work. Yeah. And there's been a few occasions where it's a little bit sketchy and the fish fire up and it's like seven to ten fish before dark. And you just like got to yep. make the call. It's like, oh, it's getting worse. I've got to go. I can't fish here in the dark. And you got to you got to make that decision whether you stay or even scout around, find a safer spot so you can fish all night, or yep, be happy with seven to ten fish and and go home. Oh, I'll be happy with seven. To, I'll be happy with <laughs> half a fish. Yeah, the headlands are sick. The headlands are sick. <laughs> yeah. Now, what about and, fishing conditions? As in tides, moon phases. You know the whole um, thing. I like the. Always like the run out. Always like the run out. Um, I've been getting fish on the high at the moment. Yep. Um, but if I see a low tide at lunchtime or something, or like I love fishing during the day, like that's the go. Um, but if I see yep. a low tide from say lunchtime to three or four o'clock, um, yeah, I'll probably hit it every day throughout that week and see. Um, until it starts getting probably low tide at six or so, might fish that one and then probably give it a rest for the rest of the week. Yeah. Um, the swell again, probably that one point five. Like I don't like. Like I'll do it and I know I can handle it, but I just don't like having that fear factor where you've always got to be on on your game and um, watching your back all the time. But yep. like, my fish produce in these kind of conditions and. Like, I've seen some footage of guys in Sydney. I don't know if you've seen. And it is just out of control. Absolutely out of control. And these blokes are rock fishing. It's like, what yeah. are you chasing? It's like, surely there's nothing there. They might be. Like, I've never done it to know, but... Yep. Like, that would just be like, don't bother. <laughs> yeah, if it looks even a little oh, rough... Yeah, a little out. rough. See, a little rough is... Yeah, I'm in ex- I'm inexperienced, so that's like yeah, kind of like my guideline. That you know that and you assess what you're comfortable with, and like I've been fishing with some friends, and they weren't even cast out, and it's like, man, this is nothing. Like, this is calm, and they're like, really? It's like, yeah, this is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You got to know. You got to know what you're. Capable what about uh, wind conditions and um, rain? Yeah. <laughs> Um, the last weekend we've had wild weather, big sublies and rain and stuff. I went out on Sunday night. Um, I got two fish. Yeah. And it was tragic weather. Blowing its blowing its head off. Yep. Um, it was raining, it was cold, big swell. Um, again, pick your spot. Like don't go to where you probably would normally go, you yep. just go somewhere else. Um, if there's been a lot of rain, for example, and it's been coming yeah. out of the rivers. Not Does at that all, put nah. you off? I feel like that pushes the fresh out and you get a lot of nutrients and 
fish that will swim out bait and all that and it's sort of that's why i like the low tides because yep. it sort of um, enhances that run out where if there is stuff that's working its way yep. out of the river to get into the salt and then you get that last push of the um, low tide um in theory yep. they're, they're waiting any specific like change of tide that you like as in say a 0 0.4 to a 1.6 or a 0 0.4 to a you know two or a two down to yeah no, run out so i should know you're saying but no not really not really there's a couple yeah. of um older guys that i fish with and they've they've got their particular tides and they're like get excited for this um like the big sort of excuse me the um like the king tide low tides that sort of creates like some yeah pretty funky water movement out out of the mouths and that can produce fish really good. Um, but I, I just yep. go, like I said before, I, I just fish anything, really. Um, yep. Like I've caught fish in every condition, I think. <laughs> like the calmest of calms day, I'm trying to catch something different than a Jew. Yep. And then I get smacked at the rocks and I'm like, yes, this could be it. And it's a Jew and it's like, oh. Like you catch him, it sounds like a, a little bit arrogant, but it's like, You'll catch them whenever. Yeah. Like if you put that lure in front yep. and they like the way it's presented or the way it's swimming, they'll, yep. they'll have a crack. Now, is this a sort of a seasonal thing you would say, or you can do this well, all I personally year round? go all year round. Um, I was actually having this conversation yep. the other week um, with one of the other guys. Um, and he's quite inclined to say that the the bigger fish, like your big 20 to 30 kilo fish, they're more seasonal. Um, and then your sort of schoolies, yep. they're sort of your main all year round, which on the light gear, I'm happy to catch schoolies um, out of headlands and stuff like that all the time. Yep. So, What's the best season? Uh, for probably the, the run through winter where you get the mullet run and all the mullet will run up and spawn yep. and can sort of, um turn it on but like i said we had the floods this year so it sort of delayed everything and it's sort of been a bit of a fickle year um bit of a fish kill and yeah i think for the last several years it's been impossible to predict when fish yeah. are moving and where they're going like, i think it's um and a lot of the times where two years ago would be perfect conditions then you expect to clean up but this year it's like they're not yep. there they're doing the complete opposite of what was absolute prime time last year and then you go back on the similar condition and it's there's nothing and then you go out there one day yep. just to kill the afternoon and you have the best session ever so yeah definitely hard. are you a believer in the um, days again i just go <laughs> i just go i like i really like the late moonrise so you get that afternoon and then yep. the sun hits the horizon goes down and then you probably get an hour of darkness and then the sun will hit well oh, yep. not the sun the moon will come out up over the ocean and start shedding some light um which i've had that scenario once before where the moon came out and it had that epic light across the water and i put my um yes i was fishing soft plastics and i thought oh i'll just try the big croaker and throw that out and see if that light makes a difference on it and um second cast yep. whack 15 kilo fish pretty much at my feet just from that that light where before that moon came up nothing was getting hit and then the moon came up and 
and turn them on. Now, I th forgot to mention, how do we use some of these lures? Oh, yeah. So just real briefly, um, you know, the croakers yeah. and the levies. The levy and the croaker, they're just cast out. I like the when the waves are there, you sort of get like a bit of a lull and you just get a big foamy fizz on the water. If you can sort of cast at the back of the last one. Yep. Um, and then just a, oh, I'll hit the water and I'll do a big sweep to get it down to the depth. And then just a slow wind. As long as you can feel that lure working, it's working. Like if it's sort of swimming a bit weird, yep. maybe give it another crank with the sweep and try and get it working again. Um, but yeah, just sort of play around with that slow retrieve and the sweep and like not, not super fast, just a nice slow retrieve, nice sweep, get the lure working. Do you have any uh, variations where you throw in? Um, yeah, with the sweep, because you sort of sweep it back when you retrieve that slack line when you get your rod back, that's sort of a pause where it might raise up a little bit. And But yeah, absolutely, yeah. you can. You could you could give it a big sweep, let it sit back up for five seconds, let it resurface, sweep again. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like, there's no limit on how you can fish a lure, like. I had it the other night, I wasn't getting a yep. hit, and I was literally doing my rod around in a circle. Like, I was just so bored. And I'm just like, just sweeping yeah. it full circle. Like, oh, that might do, but didn't get a hit. But hey, I tried. Like, no limit in what you can try. Yeah. Like, it's your line. And basically, these are just about yeah, a meter under well, the yeah. surface. What about for the plastics? Um, the jerk shad. The jerk shad, they can. Yeah, so the seven-inch yeah, right, gob yeah. jerk sheds. Um, I just store them in that gob alive tub as well. Like I'll buy the packet, put them in the oh, tub, yeah. and they always send it up. Um, but yeah, that's like a cast out. I like to um, cast out one up really quickly, get the line firm, and then you can either let it sit on the bottom yep. and hop it back on the bottom. Um, but what I really like to do is, excuse me, is. Um, work different parts of the water column so i might my first cast i might sip it along the bottom um and then i'll cast out one up really quickly and then i'll just do light little uh, i don't know if you can explain it just do like light little jolts just like with a constant little wine yes sort of just under the surface and then yep you know cast out again maybe count to five so it doesn't hit the bottom but then do a little bit more aggressive ones and then maybe a little bit faster um and then if they don't get hit then I'll put the paddle tail on and then slow everything down a little bit. And that's more yep. of the, just raise the rod tip, let it swim back down itself. Maybe a twitch, twitch, let it swim back down and then just nice and steady again. Do you ever pause it yeah. on the bottom? So down here we do pause yeah, it quite a bit. Yeah, definitely, yeah. So I didn't add that in. But yeah, if I'm, if I'm sort of getting back to my feet, um, like getting it close to shore, yeah. I will um, let it sit on the bottom probably even five seconds just with like a little jolt and then the current will sort of keep my line firm in between twitches um yeah yeah so i'll just and then a lot of the time it gets hit on the bottom as well right at your feet i mean it's just dead bait basically now this is a question that uh i don't think we answered last time but like what type of water should we we be looking um, for in, in the keyholes or basically anyway you you basically want wash like you're looking for wash like we all love crystal clear yep. glass offs. Like, I'm a huge advocate. Yeah, I'm a huge Holiday advocate. water, like in the like postcards. That water looks yeah. like sandy and all stirred up with wash there, like behind waves or at the end of a wall or 
behind the break, fish that like straight away. Like that's if there's no foam, like cast somewhere else because you just want that wash. You want the foam. Um, you just want you want the stir basically. Like you want you want fish like bait yeah. fish that are in that wash that are unsuspected the big predators there and and like yeah. it's when it's super wild like you might get the whole ocean or the whole river that's just a big foam mess um i personally think that's yeah. harder to fish because they could be anywhere you know like everywhere looks good they could be anywhere but if you get like the smaller swells there might be a limited section that holds that nice wash or the foam um and yeah, like yeah. aim there straight away. Yeah, that's a like fair it's point. More isolated the spot, um, and the the color of the water, like it might be the color I really like is you know how you get like those overcasty days and it's like a bluey gray kind of water. Yeah, like yeah. I don't know what it is about that water, but that's the go. Love it. <laughs> that's, yeah. sick. that's interesting uh, I do have certain colours in certain places that I go to that I think yeah, yeah that's the colour that's that's perfect I almost yeah, want to take absolutely. a picture of the water it's like it just yeah, looks yeah exactly fishy. it looks fishy that's what I think I mentioned before it looks fishy yeah that's like if you think it looks fishy yeah. fish it like yeah I love that saying but you'd have to develop that sense you see you've You've done this for such a long time. You know what color yeah. looks good for that specific area. And I, you know, for the areas that I go to, I know that specific color is, oh, that's just yeah. making me really excited and salivating yeah, exactly. over that. So if I can, you know, if someone can go away from this and and then go, oh, there's that spot up there. It's always washy. But I've never fished it because I think there's no fish there. Um, try it. Like, chuck a plastic in there and be prepared to lose yep. lures as well like there's some spots that look really good but it's just so rocky and so structured there like it's really hard to fish yeah um so if you can find like those sort of sandy keyholes where the waves break in there a little bit which washes out all the sand and get the backwash um as we spoke about before yep. it might be a matter of fishing all day until you find the time when the fish come whether it's the run in mid-tide or the run out below mid-tide or dead low. Um, you'll just see the spot light enough. Do you think, um, say, depth matters in those areas? Uh, not at all. Not at all. Because it's a misconception. It's a, it's a, I don't know if it's... I wouldn't call it a misconception just yet, but it's a, a, a belief in Sydney uh, that you really yeah. need deep water to be chasing Jewfish. But this is like a you know different kind of animal. The way you're yeah. chasing them. Yeah, I definitely. I think in the boat, like we get we get fixated in that too. It's like, oh, 15 meters. Oh, 17 meters. Oh, 22 meters. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Getting excited now. Like, I don't really do too much in the river, so I can't really comment on that deep sort of section. But in that yeah. washy stuff and in that surf and all that, definitely. Um, like I've caught dew in probably two foot of water under whitewash and it's just like they're there. Like even when I surf, like there's big dew everywhere. Like you don't see them, but they're there. All right, Josh. So I'm going to move on a little bit with this podcast here. So if you're going to start a session, so this is probably going to help those anglers that just, you know, we've gone through everything. Like literally I can't think of 
any detail that I've missed here, I think this has been extremely helpful. Um, but say you're going to chase Jewfish, and I'm not going to let you fish your home ground. You're going to just choose somewhere else, anywhere in Australia. The same things, the same principles, all the same lures, all the same gear, just all the same types of terrain. How would you go about it? I want to know the details, how you prepare for the day, starting from the oh, night before. I actually, I actually love these type of scenarios. I love it. I'll get on Google Maps and I'll, I'll suss out. It's like, all right, missus is away for the weekend. Where am I going? So I'll J up, um, look on Google Maps, and I'll sort of look at a headland that I could potentially walk. Um, and like I said before, I'll, if I've got a whole day, I want to try and get the two tides or at least the most part of two tides where I can be there and see what that spot, how it behaves and how it does. Um, if it's, and then I'll just go there and I'll just start throwing um, plastics around. I'll keep my plastics up quite high if it seems like a rocky um, sort of ground. And a lot of the time, if you're going to a new spot, you're all excited. You'll put your brand new lures on because you're excited. You're rigged up the night before and it's, yes, let's do it. Um, but I've wised up yeah. because a lot of the time you do that, you'll lose your favorite lure straight away because you don't know the structure and it's just like nuts there. So what I do, I put a, like I'll go from a jig head box and I'll get like an old one, a bit rusted hook and just give it a little sharpen. Um, and I'll start with that and just sort of work out what I'm dealing with. Um, and then just sort of yep. keep it up high and then get a little bit more confident and just sort of let it drop a bit longer. Um, and yeah, just sort of work with water column and try and find, um, and yeah, just spend the day sort of playing around, throw different things and just enjoy the day. Just enjoy being out there. Now, uh, I've got another question here. Uh, it was a question that I thought up of from earlier and that's, um, you, you know how, you know, you get, you only really get a short bite period when it comes to Mulloway. Like you can catch him all throughout the tide, but you know, when you get that hot bite, it's only for that fraction of whatever the water's doing or conditions are. How long do you reckon it is? And do you know, do you kind of oh, get the yeah. feeling what I'm talking about yeah, when definitely. it comes to that bite period? And I think that takes us back to um, spending that whole day on a new spot, working out what it is. Um, because there might be no waves in a certain keyhole, and then as the tide's dropping, the the waves will start breaking more, which will stir it up a bit. Um, and yeah, and then next thing you, you get a hit and then it's like, oh, fish there. And then another two casts, oh, hit again. And then you're like, oh, we're on here. And then you might, you might land two, three, you might drop seven, you might miss 20, but you're pretty confident that the fish yep. are in there. And as you say, it doesn't last all day. Like it might, it might shut down after 40 minutes sometimes it'll last for hours and it's all day like there's been occasions i'll go down there the worst weather like hell and onshore just gross a two ounce jig head just to cast into the wind and first cast fish and then just all day it's just action like all day like, i'm not talking monster fish but nice fish from 50 to 90 centimeters um, just to keep you busy yeah. all day um but yeah, a lot of that bite time, it can be quite fickle. Um, like you'll get like an hour or two, half an hour to two hours maybe. And then 
something might come in and scare them away or they might just move on to the next spot. I think like in Sydney, I've noticed bike periods, but they can be really short. They yeah, can be about yeah. 10 minutes and you'll get a yeah. hit every cast. Uh, whether you hook up or not, you'll know that yeah. that's what you came for and you get, you've got that big, you know, straight away you yeah, feel that yeah. line just super strong, tight tightness. Um, but then it's gone straight away. It's like after about 10, 10, 15, yeah. 20 minutes, it's dead quiet. The water's all empty all of a sudden. You flick for hours and yeah. nothing after that. And that's what it, like you said, that's why I guess if you fish both tides, yeah, you exactly. kind of learn that. You can kind of figure out what what's um what's the movement yeah. of the fish at that particular and then you can, spot. You can pick your times you and, go better as well. Like you might finish work at three o'clock, but you know that tide and the way that water's going to react with that tide. It's like I'll go down for an hour and just see if they're there. Like it's not going to be on every time you yeah. go. Absolutely not. But um, you know, I'll, you might go fishing for an hour or two, catch two fish, and then you're happy. And that's all about learning the spots. And, yep. Um, how do you feel about uh, like when you say you'll get a few hits and they do that little run and you pull the hooks? How do you feel about the the fish you drop spooking the school? I believe that it yeah, completely so that could be spooks why the, the ten minute hot, and then you might hook one of those scouts, and it just goes, nah, danger, move on, and then shuts down. So my theory, yeah, like you said, I agree with everything you said there. So if I get a hit and I hook up and it shakes it free, I don't think I've yeah. disturbed them enough. But if one yeah, fish yeah. goes for a run after the hookup and then fights for like yeah. two seconds and I drop it, that's it. That's the school spooked yeah. and gone and that's your chance for the day. That's that one chance you've been working for, yeah. for the Jewfish and it's over for the day. Like obviously don't give up, keep casting yeah, and maybe so, another yeah. school come through a minute later or something because the... I, I, I mean, I don't think that it's just one school sometimes. I think it's yeah, many more different schools, different sizes. And so I, I'd always keep trying, but I'm pretty sure that if uh, they, it goes for that <laughs> pop, oh no, that's it, yeah. that's gone. That's I don't know about you, but I still get I still get stoked with that. Like, like oh, I had to go last. Yeah. Time. I was like, yeah, I lost this, lost one. <laughs> Happy, lost one. They're like, really? I'm yeah. Like, yeah, it's good. Because <laughs> it... that's right. I, I think getting the hook up and getting the run. That's that's the best part of catching a jewfish yeah. that first run if you've i think anyone that's caught any number of mulloway knows that that first run your heart is telling you it's that jewfish yeah. you know it is that's what you came for and it just reaffirms all the hours oh, and the time you spent and i think we touched on it that. before it's like especially fishing on the rocks like if you hook up and your heart's going everything's excitement like you gotta just chill out like you can't go running around, jumping on rocks, trying to get the fish. Like, have a, have a bit of a sass, go, all right, get a fish. I can go here. That's not too bad. If I always have, like, a bit of a look around. If Yes, I wear spikes and stuff like that. But if the rocks are wet and it's a sunny day, yeah. that spot's being wet. And wherever it's an incoming spot. And yeah, wet yeah, pretty like recently. Wet. We haven't had rain. It's wet. So just be mindful of that particular spot. Um, and yep. just keep your wits like you have to keep your wits and um, just keep it cool. There'll be more. <laughs> there will be more. Yeah. All right. Last question, Josh. So 
let's say that the lures aren't working. I mean, we didn't have much time to touch on bait because honestly, this podcast could have gone on for about five hours or 10 hours, like literally. <laughs> so, but you know, I did mention something about bait. Is that what you would use if they weren't touching um, lures? Do you yeah, I've had a few anything? occasions where I'll be using lures in the afternoon off the headlands. Um, and same thing, it'll be a hot bite for 20 minutes, half an hour, and they'll start shutting down. And then just before dark, you might see some bait moving in. So I've always got a bait jig and a small rod handy to just um, put a bait jig on. And if I've got the big set up, it's like, oh, they've gone quiet. I'll um, try and jig a few yakas. Probably just get six, maybe four or five or six, get started. Um, it's a bit hard to sort of do both on the rocks because you've always got to hold your rod. Um, so yeah, if, if it's really quiet, I'll fish that and then I'll stay there at night if it's safe. And um, put it put on some yakas because they get smashed out. All right, Josh, thank you very thank much you. for your time. Look, um, I'm sure a lot of people want to look look you up. So um, just on Instagram, you? just on Instagram under um Josh Emmons. Um, yeah, no um, not a big famous fisher or nothing like that. Just your everyday dude that works full time and just charges for fish after work and just enjoys the outdoors of fishing and making the most of what we've got. <laughs> just like the rest of us, Josh. So that's Josh J O S H dot a double n a n d so that's how you can find him on instagram i'm i'm gonna put this up under the description of course so you guys can definitely find him uh wherever you are watching this if you're hearing this from spotify it's going to be in the description so make sure you check him out i've you know you've got plenty of big big fish photos it's just nice yeah, it's just, lots of the small ones like oh, i said we're all yeah. i'm happy with oh, a 10, five centimeter one so, so on some days nice fish to look at they're a bit, they smell a bit, but there's another whole conversation. Probably a whole oh, they smell the good. Smell, they smell good. There's no fish that smells yeah, like them. It's nice to come home all slimed up. Do you have anyone you want to shout out or any, um, any of your supporters? There's a couple of old blokes that, um, I won't say their names because that will sort of pinpoint exactly where I am, but there is a couple of old blokes that have sort of mentored me and wouldn't maybe taken me under their wing to sort of teach me the ways and, you know, just go fishing and we'll have a good laugh and you know teach you things and get cranky at you if you get too excited and take a photo of your spot and show the world because i caught a big fish but no like definitely the guys that yeah. i fish with um there's a couple of guys and um there's a bait and tackle shop again i won't say the name but they know who they are um but also yep. just put a shout out um i just had one of my close mates lose one of his um, family members for mental health. Um, so it's if you've yep. got mates that want to go fishing or you want to go fishing because you've had a shit day at work, tell your boss I'm going because putting a frame up or whatever it is, it's go for a fish. Like go out. Even if you don't catch anything, look at the sun, look at dolphins. Like just, just get out and enjoy it. Like. I think that's the biggest thing about catching jewfish. Yes, it's a bonus to catch a fish. We don't catch them every time. Um, it's just yep. like I'm happy to be out there all day and just sit in a rock pool for two hours if there's no fish and just get burnt to a crisp. You know, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. You know, it's all just, yeah, I think that's the big one. It's just 
yeah look awesome, out for each other all right we're gonna we're gonna stop sure, it right yeah. there so thanks for your time thanks mate. again appreciate it. josh and and thank you for coming on i really appreciate it and guys for those of you that are still listening if you like this and you want to come on or you know someone that should come on and talk fishing of any sort on the shroom Live podcast get them on send a message i want to be doing more of these so i really had a great time and if i can get more coming out more episodes like these if you guys want to see more of this let me know and this is the shroom signing out